Good evening and welcome to the Skilled Trades Podcast. I'm your host Cal, joined with me as always is my co-host David, and today we also have a special guest, Ben Belvance. How are you? I'm doing good guys, how are you? Not too bad. I guess it was a good good way to start the week today. Uh, I don't know what kind of, don't know what kind of weather you're having out there, but it, it sure is getting hot out here in Manitoba. Yeah, we're we're actually hovering in the fifties with rain here in Denver. Nice. I wish we had that weather here. Yeah, we were we were quite cool last week, probably about the fifties as well. But this week we're probably up in the seventies, or I think we're supposed to hit ninety by the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's rough for work, though. Yes. So, yeah, uh, you are a, a millwright a, apprentice. Um, could you, for people that don't know what a millwright is or what they do, could you kind of just explain that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So, uh, millwrights, um, we do pretty much anything in an industrial setting with moving parts. Um, so that would be, um, you know, a conveyor, uh, any sort of uh, machinery. Uh, we do. Anything in an industrial setting, power plants, coal mills, um, airports, uh, the company I'm with currently, we do food and beverage, so that would be Coors Brewing and Golden, uh, Budweiser in uh, Longmont, Loveland area. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, anything that has moving parts, um, we also do anything that is attached to the machinery, so uh, catwalk, handrail. Um, superstructures, which would be your structure inside it and an existing structure. Um, anything of that sort, we're usually got our hands in it. That's that's pretty impressive. So it's it's a lot of steel work, really, then. So like you said, anything with moving parts, so that would be like CNCing and lathing and stuff like that, all the way to, you know, like metal walkways and stuff like that. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I personally haven't done much of the machining work uh the shop i'm with now is getting there slowly we're still pretty old school um we do a lot of plasma cutting uh we got multiple shears uh multiple hole punching uh units like a piranha but yeah anything from fab work up to uh, precision alignment with lasers or precision tools we what we can do it oh that's that's pretty impressive i know i've I've wanted to get into, you know, metal work and, and stuff like that. I mean, I've been having my eye on a, a welder for a while now, and I've wanted to get a plasma cutter. But, you know, to work with stuff like that every day, that must be quite the experience. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I love it. It's, it's honestly pretty cool. I really enjoy what I do. Yeah, it seems like you've you've gotten, uh, you've experienced or you've seen a lot of different kind of buildings and operations. Uh, um me like i i'm i do a lot of hvac and and plumbing work so when i got into the trade i came from uh, i worked at a dealership right out of high school for a couple of years and i I never really thought i would end up doing you know plumbing or hvac work but man it is super exciting to go to new buildings or see different operations and stuff like that for me that's that that's that's huge that that just totally makes the job way better when your classroom is in a different area every day or your office i guess (laughs) yeah no it, it definitely it's definitely really cool especially you know working in one area just watching it get built finish it up tidy it in and then you know, you're on to the next thing somewhere else. Yeah, there's there's something to be said for that satisfaction of walking away from a job and looking back at it and seeing the completion and you can say, you know, I did that, right? Oh, yeah. I, that's probably my favorite part. You know, <laughs> especially so you know, how, cruising by the thing and be like, oh, yeah, I helped build that or, you know, 
going over here oh yeah you know i had my hands on that <laughs> i think that's every trades guy when yep. it, it must get annoying for when people are going on a road trip oh yeah i worked there oh i did that job it's <laughs> but you know what it's just, it's just part of what we do right we take pride in what we do so, having worked in uh, breweries and stuff, did you happen to get a free case or anything? You know what? Um, I personally haven't been doing much food and beverage, but I, all my buddies that have worked, they definitely get hooked up with beer. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> so, I guess kind of kind of a running kind of a running joke we have here on the podcast is. Uh, construction workers and pit vipers so the big question is do you own a pair of pit vipers um i do not do uh the pit vipers what <laughs> i do, do is the laser faces um from e-wave okay oh. so it's kind of like the same concept but it's a different brand but it's the huge cover your face and an obnoxious colors for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome we we uh we like to play into that stereotype you know Dirty car hearts, pit vipers, a mullet, but you know it's it's all in good fun, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of like uh, mill rights and stuff like that, that was one of the trades I was looking at. You know, when I kind of wanted to leave the dealership and try something else. Um, I just it. I I know we were talking a little bit. It's a lot to do like with precision work. Like if you're doing any kind of like machining or anything like that, like you you got to be pretty precise with your measurements. Yeah, especially, um, the biggest thing is, I don't know what kind of units you guys have up in Canada, but as far as power plants go, um, doing the turbine overhauls, the steam turbine, you got your gas turbine, um, you have different sized units, um, we, you know, setting those with a crane, all that stuff's within a thousandth of an inch. Oh, wow. (laughs) My goodness. So, you have to be very proficient with your tools, definitely. And, and here I was when I was like, you know, an eighth of an inch out cutting pipe or whatever. And I was like, wow, I am, I am off by a lot, man. In your world, I would have been like out in the ballpark. They're not even close. You're fired, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it gets um, pretty intense pretty quick, but that's all part of the fun. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, I, I have a saying, uh, especially when doing lights and stuff like that. What's an eighth inch among friends? <laughs> but I guess yeah. in your case, uh, that would equal you're fired because uh, nothing lines up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, um, I honestly haven't been much in the heavy industrial side, um, but the apprenticeship teacher that I go to school with, um, his whole career was with a company called Atlantic Plant Maintenance, and all he did was travel and do turbine overhauls. But, you know, some of the stories they'd say, you know, if you were out and they started running it, you know, that if a fin hits a case and, you know, that's millions and millions of dollars in the hole. Wow. That's that, that's crazy. Yeah. So what made you decide to become a millwright or, or what did you do before you became a millwright? Um, so I was at a um, small mom and pop shop doing machine work. We did uh, two-dimensional um drawings for um, control panels so we machine out like spots where you put your buttons for on off you know emergency stop um, put the door handles in just pretty basic stuff um, I got bored went to a vocational school in Denver for welding uh, when I found out about the school you know obviously I toured it um, enjoyed it got in 
um, the big thing was was the uh, career center for that school was really good, and they had a lot of companies come through. Okay. So every once in a while, there's a lot of there would be a job fair. You know, all the companies would come in. But uh, I saw a sign for Union Carpenters. When I walked over there, I asked the guy. I said, "Hey, what are the carpenters doing at a welding school?" And he gets all hot and bothered and mad. <laughs> we're not carpenters. We're millwrights. So of course the saying is, "Well, what the hell's a millwright?" <laughs> so, um, you know, I started looking at their pamphlets and stuff, and you know, I saw the cranes, I saw the turbine, I saw the stuff they were doing at airports, and it's like, man, that's a pretty cool industry. You know, it's never something you think about. So. Um, two weeks before I graduated, I signed the books, paid my dues, and started working. That's awesome. So in Colorado, like, do you have, uh, like, how many levels are there? Uh, I know it's a little bit different in the States there, but uh, do you guys have, like, four levels until you're completed, or how how does that work out there? Um, so it goes by, there's a lot of factors, union versus non-union, uh, what craft you're in, or trade. Um, so for the millwrights in Colorado, it's a five-year program, and we call it uh, periods. Okay. So every six months, you do your period one. Six months, you take your class. You do one class. You become a period to do apprentice. Okay. Because um, I, like, I know here in Manitoba, I think the millwright program, I think that's five years as well. But you have to work, uh, I think it, I believe it's 1,800 hours uh, in between your your levels, so you go for your first level, you you work eighteen hundred hours, and then you go for your second level, and so on. So okay. I, it, it it takes about five years by the time it's all said and done. Um, but I I know like millwrights out here, you often see signs for that that they're looking for millwrights in big manufacturing plants and stuff. I know a lot of them they have uh, like on like people that are staffed that are there on call all the time in case something goes down um i know i've me personally at the company i work for we service a lot of uh like mills um and grain elevators and stuff like that and they all have mill rights that are there around like around the clock in case anything goes wrong there and for me it's always super cool to see other trades do their work i know i've like I've, I've talked to some of them they're super nice guys it's just it's it's just a very different world that that's for sure oh, but yeah. um yeah, it, no i'm with you there watching other trades works incredible i think it's me personally i love watching plumbers and pipe fitters do their things i think working with pipe and welding pipe is just so insane yes that's just finding all your angles and everything it just blows my mind i i cannot stand anything with pipe <laughs> I'm I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I'm I'm not going to school um, to be a plumber. I'm doing it for an AC and refrigeration tech, but I'm I'm on the service end of things with my company, so I deal with a little bit of plumbing, but but not too crazy. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. We we've got some journeyman plumbers, and it's just like angles, like the way that they can do all that stuff and figure everything out. It's 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 crazy. I just like to throw Freon in units and you know, away I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's still, I mean, even that, you know, it takes a whole bunch of skill. Like, if, I mean, you can screw up, you know, yes, doing you, an AC unit and stuff. Yep, that that is for sure. It, it doesn't take long for... Uh, for, for you to do to, to mess up a system that's for sure I guess I, I, another question uh, I would kind of have um, about like the millwright trade there is your opinion on union versus non-union I guess I guess it's, it, 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 it's an age-old debate but kind of what are your thoughts um, 
I've worked both sides of fence. Um, me personally, I would. I don't think I'd ever go back to working non-union. Okay. Um, I. I mean, it's as soon as I got in the union, I was able to move out of my folk house. I got the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I bought a house. So you know, without the union and you know, getting the good pay and benefits and everything, I would probably still live in on my folks doing God knows what. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I hear among even guys here in the province is that you know they're making double what I am making working in the union, but. I mean, I don't know. I I like to say I'm non-union, you know. It's a little bit of a pride thing. <laughs> but Yeah. It, uh, and I, I mean, I, lot, I work with a lot of guys that are non-union as well. And, you know, to me, it's, you know, if you wake up every morning and you put your heart hat and your boots on and you work, then I respect you, regardless of what, you know, your political standpoint is, union versus non-union or, you know, this versus that. You know, you, you earn your money. Yeah, exactly. Like they say, dirty hands, clean money, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, speaking of putting work boots on, um, I actually just bought a, a new pair of boots this last weekend um, for, for, for work. I, I'm a big Timberlands fan, just because just they're comfortable and I walk into homes and stuff and they look pretty nice. Um, what? But there's like people out there, I know that they don't really... Like some companies, they don't really care that much if whether you're working, like if you're going from house to house and you don't have, you know, safety shoes on or whatever. But I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, like, uh, out, like in Colorado there, um, do you guys have like, as, like as a millwright, is there any kind of other like specially like safety equipment that you guys have that you have to, other than, you know, the basics, hard hat, safety glasses and, and work boots, steel toes? So we, like you said, we do do hard hat. Um, we do the, you know, safety glasses, gloves. Uh, we do have to have uh, steel toe boots. And honestly, the other, the big thing is um, what the customer wants. So say, for example, um, you know, you go to a power plant. Um, they might make you wear an air monitor to check the quality of the air if you're inside a unit or working around a unit. Okay. Um, the other thing is uh, I've actually had buddies have to get the SCBA gear, like what a firefighter would use working uh, H2S. Oh, gases. wow. Uh, where was he at? My buddy Chris had to do it, but he was at an oil refinery where H2S gas was present. Wow. Um, but it, it, it honestly, it, it all depends on what the customer wants. Um, I've been at the Denver International Airport for ongoing three years as a millwright. Okay. But it's it's honestly pretty basic stuff. Like you said, hard hat. Um, we have to wear two high-vis vests everywhere that is required by the airport. I mean, but, that that makes sense. It's a high-traffic area, right? Yeah. So do you, do you travel a lot, like, for your, for your job, or are you home every day? I've been pretty fortunate. I've actually been home probably about 90% of my time. Okay. Um, here and there, you know, I'll venture out a bit. Um, I got my um, welding certs uh, through... Denver, you have to have uh, a third party with the city come uh, check your welds and whatnot. And since I got those, it's pretty much just been a welder at the airport, which is fine. I don't mind it. Airports have always been a, a place that I've loved to just hang out. I've always had a fascination with planes, so. Oh, yeah, you love it. It's awesome. It's really cool. Um, Denver International is not too far from uh, Buckley Air Force Base in the Colorado Springs area. So, you know, once in a while you get some pretty big C-130s or even a jet once in a while come through in my hand. 
Oh, that is that's great. I know there's a lot of controversy about Denver International there with some of the things they they have in their airport. That's I don't know. I've I've always found that a bit of an interesting place. Um, in the time being there, I think the weirdest thing I've ever done was we went into a utility tunnel that actually ran under the train track that goes from A concourse to C concourse, which would run. It would start going north and end going south but it's pretty long and it was super freaky because we got down there and it's all temp lighting and it was really eerie the only thing down there were um they had some pretty big pipes that were running for a boiler i believe but we had to drill holes and it was super weird definitely (laughs) really eerie i believe that it's actually interesting i've uh i've typed into google maps one time i think it was like illuminati headquarters or something and it took me to denver international i was like huh (laughs) That's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen all those famous paintings um, that they have up. Um, yeah, I've been in some pretty weird spots. There's definitely like levels of security clearances I can only get so far. You know, I really, I don't know. It's definitely a weird place. So, I'll give you that. So they don't give you a little badge that, you know, says you can go wherever you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Man, and here I thought trades, guys, as long as you had a ladder and a hard hat, you could go anywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> It'd make my job a lot easier. <laughs> I know even in some banks, you walk in there with a ladder and they basically let you in wherever you want to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say would be probably your, your most exciting or your most interesting job or place you've ever gone or, or like the coolest place you've ever gone? And work. Um, I would say I got two, and they're probably tied. My, actually, my this one's my favorite. Is was um, Purina Dog Food in Denver, and it was um, a weekend job, and we had to replace a unit called the Cyclone, and essentially it cycles. It's a pressurized pipe that pushes uh, dog food into a unit called a ro- um, what was it? Oh my gosh. So it's essentially it's a giant metal, it looks like a tornado, giant metal tornado. At the bottom of it, there's a giant gearbox, and it rotates the dog food out of the pressurized system into a, it drops it onto a conveyor belt and it feeds it into the dryer. That's, that's the, cool. The motor was called a rotor. It was a rotor is what they called it. Okay, I, I think I know what you're talking about, that uh, one of the mills around here, we've actually, I've had to hook up a couple motors on, on a cyclone before. That was a good, it was an awesome job. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was probably the most money I've made so far in the apprenticeship. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I, I, I believe that. that uh, <laughs> the, uh, usually in those, you know, the weekend jobs, that's when they pay pay pretty well. Yeah, that was a good one. And it was, um, it was only two of us. And I was, it was a journeyman, and then I was a fresh apprentice. I was probably three months in. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I guess yeah. being with the union, you'd probably get extra bonuses for having to work the weekend as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Saturday is overtime and Sunday's double time. So you get double, double time's the best. We always try to work a Sunday if you can. Oh, <laughs> that, that's great. I mean, here in Canada, you work overtime, you just get screwed on your taxes anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, we do down here, but it, it still makes a difference, I think, and it keeps you out of trouble. It's better than being at the bar, wasting all your money. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. 
I mean, I I just try to blow all my money on tools right away and stuff like that. That way I, I'm so broke I can't even think of spending my money on anything else. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that too. I think I've, I got, yeah, I have so much crap. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, even this year, um, like, I'm a first-year apprentice, so I just finished my level one in February. And uh, so this, this was the first summer I was actually getting to go out on my own and, you know, take those AC calls and stuff like that. So obviously you need a lot of equipment for that, which isn't cheap. Um, and yeah, the, the, the credit card definitely took a little bit of a hit, but, you know, we're working on paying that <laughs> off. <laughs> but, yeah, if you asked my lady, she'd probably just be like, yeah, we're at Home Depot once a week, <laughs> if not more. And oh. there's obviously, they've got a couple awesome industrial tool suppliers around town, so it's... I try not to go there, and if I do, I have to give the lady the wallet or I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, speaking of which, uh, I'm honestly the same way. Um, every time, you know, we, uh, if I go to um, a Home Depot, it's like I have to really, like, control myself that I don't buy something there. Even if it's, like, a tool that it's like, you know, I don't need it right now, but it's like it might come in handy in the future. And then all of a sudden, you buy one thing, and you buy another thing, you buy another thing. Oh, well, this is on sale. Oh, well, you know, I might need that as well, right? And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it's like $150, $200, and it's like, oh, well, that was that was exciting. But <laughs> I, I, for me, buying tools, I love buying tools. It's It, it brings a lot of happiness. Oh, yeah. It's, I take a lot of pride in what I use at work, and that's those are the money makers. Exactly. You have to spend money to make money and yep. you know, you gotta buy quality tools right off the right off the hop or else, you know, you're just spending double to replace all your crappy tools you bought in the first place. Oh yeah. But I try to carry at least two of everything when I go to work too. Yep. Back when I worked at the dealership there, um, obviously Snap on and Mac Tools is a big name for tools in the automotive industry. And uh, right when I started there, I bought some cheaper tools, and uh, but the guys, like the other technicians there, they told me it's like some tools are okay if you don't buy the top brand tools, but it's like some tools they just make such a big difference, and they always say buy cheap, buy twice. So and I and I did learn that the hard way a few times. Yeah, well, if you're a tool lover, tool lover, you're probably gonna buy expensive twice anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, even like now I'm in school for for my last level. I have a couple more weeks to go before I write my my exam for my journeyman's ticket. Like even while I've been in school, you know, it's all online now, and I'll be sitting in class and the you know the instructor's just droning on and on about something that I already know about. And so you know, then we start browsing tool sites and oh, what would you know? All of a sudden, I I ordered myself a three hundred dollar Dewalt paint polisher and. <laughs> and now I just ordered an electric pressure washer and it's just non-stop just ordering tools and ordering tools it's like I'm not even making money I'm not at work and I'm just spending so much money oh uh, yeah it's a, it's a vicious cycle uh-huh but it's like it, it, it's for people that aren't in the trades I find anyways it's like they don't they don't quite understand it though it's like um oh, no. like I've got family too they're like why do you spend so much money on tools or why do you have to have so many tools and stuff? It's like, I have to have these tools for my job, right? It's like, it, it, it's not like I'm just, they're just sitting in the, in the work van, just collecting dust. You know, it's like, I, I buy these to, to work. And I know we just, at my company, they just hired a, um, 
a guy straight out of high school. Um, really, like he's he's been there for two weeks now. Um, smart kid. He works really hard and stuff, and he's got some you know basic hand tools as, as I had too. Uh, I came from you know a dealership, so I had absolutely zero clue what kind of tools I needed for plumbing and HVAC work. Right, the the the. The information I got was basically online, and then I went to <laughs> I went to Home Depot, <laughs> and I bought a, a little tool uh, a tool bag with some you know pliers and and little things here and there, and um, I have a picture of that somewhere still. And it's like I look at that, and uh, it's like wow, I've come a long way. There's a lot of money in the work man right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, then as you get into you see what other guys are using, and then you know. I don't know if you guys do this, but on YouTube, I'll watch reviews. You know, all these other companies are coming out with some pretty nifty stuff. And... Oh, for sure. I, I, I do that all the time. Um, it, it, took, it took me a long time. Like, um, I don't know if you're a Milwaukee guy at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> I like because it took me a long time to pull the trigger on a pack out. Um, but oh, I wa- yeah. I watched so many reviews and stuff, and finally I, I got it on sale at, at Home Depot again. Right, <laughs> that's where I buy a lot of tools, and uh, it's it's like that was like the biggest like game changer for me, just in terms of keeping everything organized. And then I finally con- yeah. I finally showed Cal how nice it was to have, and then he got one for his van. So yeah, stu- <laughs> stupid bugger made me spend a ton of money on on a pack out, but you know, <laughs> makes you so happy. You know what? I also run a pack out too. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I I always say I I run red cases and I keep the yellow tools inside so no one wants to steal it. <laughs> there you go. But I guess I started out with Dewalt and I already had the batteries and everything. So at this point, it's like, why, why switch? My batteries are good. My tools are good. So why sell or get rid of my thousands of dollars of power tools and then spend thousands more just to go to Milwaukee when I have this already? It would, it would be a kind of a dumb move in order to get rid of everything and then rebuy everything again. Yeah. No, I hear ya. See, I'm pretty lucky because with our um, labor agreement, the contractor has to provide all our power tools. So I don't got to worry about batteries and power tools and whatnot. I just got to worry about the hand tools. I've heard that about more unions that they, they supply the power tools and stuff like that. I know the first company I worked for, they supplied the power tools as well. And we used Milwaukee. But, you know, I had my own power tools, so I... I tended to use that or at least the impact because i like the dewalt impact and when i switched companies i i kind of asked like you know what do you guys supply and they're like nothing like who supplies tools so that's when i you know i bought my seven and a quarter inch miter saw and my sawzall and and stuff like that and that took a bit of a hit then too but i'm so glad i have that stuff now oh yeah Definitely. I mean, even my garage is all Milwaukee stuff. I still have drills and packs. I just actually got the um, weed whacker, the Milwaukee weed whacker this week. That thing's pretty sweet. Just like the Milwaukee leaf blower, that thing's got some jam to it. Yeah, I got one of those too. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I I always say too, if it ain't red, leave it in the shed. (laughs) There you go. I like it. (laughs) yeah and like i said i just ordered that polisher well i guess i'm planning on using it this weekend i guess we'll see how that goes but i i'd have to say my favorite dewalt tool is my oscillating saw and i will never shut up about it (laughs) i've heard really good things about those i've never seen one in person though 
I have a hand jab saw for cutting holes in drywall and stuff like that, but I just find it's way faster and you can you have way more control when you're using that oscillating saw to cut in a box after the fact. And with their like they have the speed select and then they have like an uh like a variable trigger. Yeah, a variable trigger and it gives you so much control over over how fast you're going and everything. Like honestly, that's one tool that Dewalt has Milwaukee so beat it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. That I'll have to check that out. That I would agree with. Like I'm, I'm a big Milwaukee guy too, but it's it. I just still have a hard time buying the Milwaukee version of that. It's just I was in the store the other day and I just looked at it and I'm like, I just don't because there they don't have the variable trigger and they only have like a speed select so. It just it's a set speed and that's it, which I I don't think I would like very much for for what I do, anyways. I don't really use anything like that in my line of work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. You know, I guess all three of our trades, you know, they're quite different. So, and that's the thing across the trades, you need a completely different set of tools. I need wire strippers, you know, linesman pliers, stuff like that, cable cutters. You know, I, I still have my hacksaw, like an actual hacksaw, then I have my reciprocating saw, you know, a miter saw, which usually just sits in the bottom of my tub and I don't use it, and, you know, a hammer yep, wait, drill. Wait, wait, I got something to say. You don't use it just kind of like electricians don't use brooms? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, <laughs> Oops, did I say that out loud? <laughs> hey, I have two brooms in my van. <laughs> I should be on the tool list for electricians as a broom for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually would love to get a vacuum, like a cordless vacuum, and I've thought of getting the Dewalt one because I have the batteries for it, but the reviews on it are not great at all. I don't know if you watch Project Farm at all. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, he, he does all kinds of tool reviews, and uh, he reviewed uh, cordless vacuum cleaners, and he said that Dewalt actually was very underwhelming, whereas... The Milwaukee one was one of the best cordless vacuums, and so I've I've kind of thought of getting a Milwaukee one, and then I was like, well, I could also use the batteries for you know their cordless uh, weed trimmer and their leaf blower too. Yeah, I'll tell you what, those yard tools are awesome, man. Definitely worth it. The other thing is too, I actually I have a, a twelve volt cordless from Milwaukee. It's just a small one. But it's great because I bring I just use that around the house, and then we have the eighteen volt cordlesses at work, and they work pretty good as well. So I guess like um, if obviously the 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 tools that you know all three of our trades are kind of different, but like so what kind of tools do you use like on a daily basis? I you know I I don't I, me personally I don't know a lot about. Um, mill rights and stuff like that so just kind of wondering like what kind of tools do you use on a daily basis um the, the big thing is it's definitely um you know we have a pretty standard tool list that's given to us at the apprenticeship but it's definitely one of those things that's kind of you know what what you're doing as far as the work goes i mean if you're doing pump alignments and machine alignments um you know doing shaft work as far as putting motors together you need your precision tools so that would be you know uh feeler gauges paper gauges um you know probably zero to one mic if you're doing uh shim changes um definitely a dial indicator um you know if you're doing conveyor it's pretty pretty easy honestly if you have a set of wrenches maybe a couple spud wrenches you're you're pretty much good to go speed square or a combination square like i said man it, it's just really what the job is but um for what i do now honestly i could carry 
you know, a pair of pliers, um, a sputter wrench, uh, some uh, soapstone, and I could get away with that just because the job I'm on right now is 90% welding and some nuts and bolts. That's awesome, man. I wish I could do that instead of carrying around like a 40-pound tool bag everywhere. <laughs> in and out of homes and and in and out of the van all day that'd be kind of oh, nice yeah. to have to have only use a, a couple tools but yeah i guess it, it very much depends on the job um i know even like the, the new guy that started me and him, we were just talking the other day i'm finally happy i'm not the the youngest one at the shop anymore <laughs> so i'm super happy about that and uh so we were just t- kind of talking to and and i learned very very early on actually that some of the older guys like they they load up their their tool pouches and whatnot like super heavy and it's like i learned very early on it's like that no wonder your you know shoulders and neck and back and everything hurts from carrying that around for so many years so i try to find ways to make things a bit more efficient and not try to to carry around you know half your work van on your shoulder all day oh yeah it's brutal i mean i've i got buddies down here that are electricians yeah, I'd say actually most of my buddies I got are doing electrical work. But yeah, one my my buddy Kyle, he's the same age. We're both twenty seven. He's been doing it since he was eighteen. Wow. But yeah, he's already my hands, my back, my shoulders, my my hips, my feet. Yep. Yeah, you uh, definitely. No matter what trade you're in, you you have to take care of yourself. That, that that's for sure. I think you just described me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if you ever do have to, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the, uh, heard of the company. But if you ever have to buy your own tool bag or or whatever, um, get a Vito Pro Pack. Like those, their Vito bags. I, they are, in, in my opinion, I haven't dealt like experimented with a lot of them. But I got one. I was a couple of months in, and 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 I got one. And I was actually the first one at the company to get one. <laughs> and every and everybody thought I was kind of dumb because i got like a small little tool pouch where that had some basic you know it had a meter some pliers so, uh, some wrenches and and some allen keys and little things here and there but it would it basically did every like small service call i could use those tools there and everyone thought it was so dumb and then all of a sudden you know they realize it's like wow this thing weighs you know all of maybe 10 pounds if that and uh, a, a lot of then all of a sudden one guy got one and another guy got one and then another guy got one and then I got another one, and then another guy got another one. It's like, it just kind of went on from there. And I, I, I always told him, it's like, man, I, I should be getting, like, royalties from, from them, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I would definitely recommend uh, it, uh, that company. They are a bit pricey, but I can guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Okay. So, yeah, I got I got two. I have one that I have, um, it's essentially just it goes on my harness but on the waist belt but i just run that's more of my structural setup so i run two bolt bags like iron worker bolt bags um i got a single frog which first butt wrench and um then i got uh, my buddy actually got it handmade uh, for his scaffold belt before he was a millwright so i got a cool hammer holster that he gave me that's handmade 
really nice leather. Do you have any uh, diamond back belts at all? No, I don't. Um, when I first found out about the tool change on our list as far as getting us a tool belt goes, I didn't really know what anyone was running. So I got uh, boulder bags, which are um, made here. They're oh. pretty nice, but they're more for a framer setup, so I sold them pretty quick. Um, converted my harness to a structural setup, and then I have a, like I was telling you, my really good friend, he was a scaffold builder okay. uh, for a really long time. He actually gave me his old scaffold built, which was handmade in Southern California, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That is nice. Yeah, I guess even some of the guys I work with, like some of the guys that are on commercial sites, you know, they'll just throw their tools on a scissor lift and run with that. I mean, some of the older guys still swear by putting on a actual tool belt and while they're piping and stuff like that. Personally, when I'm on the job, I almost always wear a hoodie with a big front pocket. So I, I utilize my pants pockets and my hoodie pocket. And then I just have a little hip bag where I have my hand tools in. And then, you know, I just to counterbalance it, I just put my impact with a big battery on the other side. And that seemed to work really well for me. You know, I'm not when I have to walk through doors and stuff, I'm not banging up doors and stuff like that. And I have almost every tool I need right there. And I mean, if it's, if I'm working outside, you know, and I know I'm going to be in one location, I just wheel up my pack out and separate it. And I have everything I need right there. And the one nice thing about running a small setup is if you are going into a building and not, you're not banging up everything, because then you're pissing off every other trade too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, that, that's definitely... For sure, you know that there's always a little there's always a little bit of trade drama if you're working on a on a big commercial site. That's for sure. Yeah, we we definitely have a lot of drama on the job I'm on now, which is to me is extremely ridiculous. But you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And you know, I'm a I'm a service guy too, and and I learned fairly early on into doing service. Keep a can of spackling and some putty knives in the van in case you ding a wall. Because even when you tell a customer, hey, I dinged the wall, and then you tell them, hey, I puttied it, they're usually a lot happier than if you just leave a massive ding in the wall. Oh, yeah. So I I, I guess, like, you know, I, I personally, I, like, I've never worked with millwrights, so, like, like who, uh, who do millwrights really get in trouble with? Usually it's always plumbers versus electricians versus guys doing duct work and everybody's fighting for the ceiling space. And and then the drywallers want to cover everything up right away. <laughs> yeah, and then the drywallers <laughs> want to cover everything up right away. So. Yeah, so I would say the biggest battle between millwrights is probably another millwright. <laughs> oh, that, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's definitely that someone once once you get a couple guys with some big egos on site, it's it gets pretty weird pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the other big ones, um, iron workers. Okay. okay. Yeah, I guess like again, like I uh, I guess if if you're doing um like a a big you know building and and you're doing uh you know um structural part of like you know. A, a tall building or whatever I, I i'd always thought you know like iron workers you know they're like they always say you know they're apparently cowboys of the sky yeah <laughs> yeah they um i've worked with a ton of them i i enjoy 99 percent of the ones i run into but there's definitely a big battle especially if when it comes to work because millwrights do do some structural work it definitely gets heated on, uh, you know, what contractor gets to do it. Um, is you know whose labor agreement is it? Is it the iron workers that get the work, or is it the millwrights that get that work? 
I, I kind of understand that because, you know, as an electrician, I see some HVAC guys pulling electrical stuff that they shouldn't be. And it's like, what are you guys doing? You're not licensed to do this. You can work on 120. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always something, man. It, it, it really is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right on. Well, we're running up on the 45-minute mark. You have a platform or something that people can find you on. I know we kind of met through Hammer. I've really been liking what Breck has done with Hammer there. And oh, yeah. We've had a couple guests from, from Hammer, and, you know, every one of them has been awesome so far. And I know I put out the post saying, hey, whoever wants to come on, you know, just shoot me a message. And and you, you popped in my DM there saying, hey, I'd love to come on. And it was it was really great to hear your story. So why don't... Why don't thanks for having me on. No problem. Why don't you shout some of your some of your stuff out so people know where to find you and see what you do? All right, yeah. So, um, yeah, Facebook, it's just Ben Bellavant. Um my Instagram, I'm usually, that's like my main platform as far as talking to people or reaching out. Um, it's salty as F underscore Ben. That, that's a great handle right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess... Yeah, um, I, an old Miller, I gave me that name. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. And I, I guess your hammer is just Ben Bellavance? I believe it's just Ben Bellavance on hammer. Awesome. Well, it's been a great pleasure to have you on. It was great to hear your story, and it's always good to hear more about other trades out there. I know we've had we've had a mechanic on, we've had some concrete guys, some construction workers, and and you know I saw that you were a millerite, and I was like, hey, you know that that could be a really really great discussion, and and it was pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. Then we will wrap up the show, and you have an amazing night. Yeah, you as well, guys. Take it easy. Work safe. Yes, you too. You as well. See ya. See ya.